This is the Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW's Greg Orlandini. This week, the man behind the Philadelphia Unity Cup, Phil Salvador from Parks and Recreations, is our guest. We talk about the tournament's final set for Saturday at Talon Energy Stadium. Sitting with me in the studio, Bill Salvatore from Parks and Recreations in Philadelphia. But most importantly, he is the czar, the man behind the Unity Cup here in Philadelphia. And we're coming up to the final, uh, which is going to new venue. A uh, couple familiar teams in the final this year, though, with Ivory Coast and Liberia. So great to see those guys. But um, so, yeah, new venue for uh, before we get kind of get into the tournament uh, uh an overview of the tournament. How'd you guys end up moving from the link down to uh, down to the home of the union, down to Talon? I think it was just uh, a little bit of a happy circumstance as well as need. So the union have been trying to get in a little bit bigger and bigger every year, and I think this year they really saw the value in what we're doing. So they they offered the stadium as part of their their, their sponsorship package, which is great. Okay, uh, that's good. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting when when you pull the captains and the coaches. They they would rather be at Talent Energy than the Link because it's more of a it's a more soccer, soccer it's a stadium, soccer yeah. specific it's a little mm-hmm. it's a little friendlier confines compared to the Link Link's you know great facility and all that but it's a little cavernous right uh, as right. we found out last year but uh, with with the, with Talent it's it's you know you you kind of bring that atmosphere a little more that that the fans will definitely bring you could kind of that comes across a little more in a, a stadium that kind of set up for soccer. Right. Rafael Toro from Goya said last year it felt like the link was, was almost filled because where we were standing during the award ceremony, it was nice and loud, and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. crowd was right there. I can only imagine what it's going to be like down at Talon. So let's talk about the tournament. Uh, yeah, more teams this year, more places, more more parts of the city you guys got into. Uh, how, 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 did, how has it evolved from last year? You know, uh, through attrition, we actually ended up with, 10 new teams, even though we just went from 48 to 52 because some dropped off, and then we got these 10 additional. And it worked out really well. I mean, you know, it's always tough land on that multiple of four to make the groups even, Mm -hmm. but we managed to get to that. And, you know, we added a a new site in South Philly, Smith Playground. It's the Connor Barwin site. I don't know if you're familiar with that project. So we added that. um, You know, it was tough. We played 26 games a weekend in August. So it was either 95 degrees or it was raining. (laughs) But we managed, and we got through those, whatever it was, 70-some 70, 70 games and moved on to knockout rounds in September. And you guys kind of jiggered the schedule around a little bit. I think I think started a little earlier. The, the, the finals earlier. What kind of went, went into that that process? So just through internal discussions, there's a lot of things that go on in the city in November, uh, the marathon being one of them, and the marathon's a whole weekend event now. Right. A lot of city agencies are involved in that. We have everything going on over at Love Park with um, – the Christmas Village. So we felt like bringing it earlier would be better for our planning team as well as, you know, last year it was 40 degrees in November. We want to see if we can get a little bit warmer by playing in October. Right, and it's going to be uh, kind of in the 60s. Yeah, so it'll be, for, it'll for be good golf. weather, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a cold game last was, year for the <laughs> final. Was, not going to lie, it was a little chilly. Um, so let's talk about, uh, real quick, a couple teams in the final. Two fairly familiar teams. Uh, if anybody's been involved with the Unity Cup, Liberia and Ivory Coast, they were the original finalists. In, yes, in, in, 2016. In 2016. Uh, Liberia was the winner from last year. They beat Sierra, Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, we talked to the guys last year. What is it about 
kind of these these West African teams that that come out of Southwest Philly uh, that that just kind of they've kind of run this tournament in a way up to this point. Uh, you know, I think it's their commitment. To be yeah. honest, they're playing twelve months a year, and if you talk to, I'm really close now with with a lot of these coaches. Mm-hmm. If you talk to them, um, especially Central America, South American teams, they can't their guy can't get their guys out for more than three months, and it's tough. Right. You know, so you know you're trying to develop chemistry for three group matches and then hopefully moving on. And, you know, when you're playing against teams that are polished and have been doing it for, for years together, especially in that, that junior Lone Star right. down in Southwest, it's tough. Now, they split apart for this because a lot of them play together in Lone Star, but still you get you get a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of stamina. And a lot, a lot of familiarity, like you yeah, said, like these guys. It's, it's, you know, it's different African communities within Southwest Philly. They all know each other. They all play against and with each other. It's It's... It, that that's going to breed something. That's going to breed, you know. It's, it's a brotherhood, right? Uh, you know, we, we talked about it before we went on, but in in the the final four, it, it was the Ireland and the USA team was involved. Uh, and, and you wanted to talk a little bit about how close the US got to the final. Yeah, so we kind of knew that with the US's new leadership, that they were going to make a run at this this year, and, and they went out and they recruited heavy, and they put together a really talented team. And they were they wanted they wanted Liberia. There was no doubt about it. And we went to we went to penalty kicks, and after five kicks, it was three <laughs> kicks apiece, and it went to the sixth kick, and Liberia went up and right. scored a goal, and USA did it. <laughs> and uh, you know the USA teams has a name I think it's familiar to the listeners. Ryan Richter, former Union guy, yeah, who was in the Union system for a while, and kind of played different different parts of the country. He's back in the area. I think he's doing some coaching now, and yeah. And all that, so um, he must be involved in the Casa League as well, yeah. because that's where a lot of these guys for the USD, USA team came from. For sure, for sure. Um, so, so where is the tournament now? This is the third year. Um, what, 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 where do you see it going next year and year, year years on? You know, I don't know what it's going to grow to numbers wise. Um, you know. The mayor doesn't want to put a cap on things, but you know we're always constrained with time and mm-hmm. field space and all and all that stuff. Uh, the talent level is definitely rising. I mean, you see it now. The teams are starting to catch up. They're not quite to Liberia Ivory Coast, you know, level yet. Right. But they're catching up. Uh, you know, El Salvador came in really strong, and Brazil is getting stronger every year. Um, at some point, it, it, we may have to get to the point where we play out of continents first, and, right. and you know, kind of, I don't want to say water down the tournament, but limit who gets into the final 32 or even the final 48, depending right. on how many teams start. Almost like a pre-qualifying yeah. situation to get in. Yeah. Um, and this this tournament's about soccer, but it's about more. The other stuff about um, bringing community together and all of that, uh, where, where do you feel that's at? Do, do you feel that's... You know that that's the underlining thing of all this, and that's what the mayor wanted, and it's kind of been the vision of it more than just soccer and competition and having fun. And all that there's something else. It's the Unity Cup. It's a unifying event. Mm-hmm. It, it, do you feel? Do you see that kind of kind of bleeding through uh, uh, the, the tournament? Kind of be, kind of becoming part of the tournament more and more. Yeah, absolutely. The um, I may mention this last year, but we have a group chat with all the coaches and captains on it. That's active all year round, and we're talking now on the chat about everything from, you know, youth soccer, 
you know, we're having tryouts on this date. If you want to bring your kids to tryout, that's great. To uh, I need a carpenter who does carpentry work, who does kitchens, that sort of thing, like some workforce development stuff. And then even like if something crazy happens, like not too long ago, there's some mudslides in Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these teams were sending out prayers to, to the Sierra Leone community through the, through the WhatsApp. Right. So, I mean, just that stuff right there means a lot. Okay. Um, so you talked about the talent level amongst the other teams kind of rising. Do you, um, do you think in the third year now, and in, you know, it's going to go beyond, 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 do you think that kind of the, these neighborhood teams are starting to see that this is a real competition and mm-hmm. it, it does, it, it's like just throwing 11 guys out there and run them out there. Probably not the best idea that, okay, we got to put a little work into this. We got to kind of look for talent. We got to kind of, kind of work on that. Is that a, are you start, is that, are you starting to see that now? Yeah. So I'll give you the perfect example is team Vietnam. Yeah. So, um, their organizer name is Mick and he's, you know, a coach in kind of like name only. They have, a, they have a coaching staff, but the first year they got shellacked mm-hmm. every match. And then year two, they got shellacked. Um, but they've been constantly working on their coaching style. They've had EPYSA come out and work with, um, their program and how they get better. And then this year they won their first match. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they're one in eight in group stage matches, but the fact that they, they got a win now under their belt in three years, I think it says something, you know, if we're trying to grow the game, especially in communities that aren't necessarily, you know, soccer meccas, it's a big deal for them to get right. a win against, and they beat Kenya. Wow. So it's, it's a big deal. So you mentioned Vietnam. What was some other surprises that you saw in this tournament? Not on the field and off the field. So it's just some things that were that you hadn't seen in the first couple of years of the, of the tournament. So uh, I'll give you an on-the-field surprise was El Salvador. Mm-hmm. We were not expecting them as a, as a first-year team to come in and, and do what they did. Um, they actually were the number four seed overall before they ran into Liberia, which was a tough break for them. I think they lost them, they lost them in the quarterfinals. Um Something off the field, we had a really rainy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, it was bad. It must have been the remnants of a hurricane or something. We are playing up at ramp in the, um, in the play-in round. And it was, I, I won't forget this. There was a group of combined Brazilians, Colombians, Hondurans that were there for all five matches. Okay. I mean, they had a tent, and they, they, they <laughs> tucked out the rain. They had no rooting interest other than the first game was Brazil. That was their rooting interest. Other than that, they didn't have a rooting interest that day, and they stayed all the way through – you know, the, the 8 wow. o'clock game that night, which which was huge. So with the final coming up, uh, Liberia, Ivory Coast, um, two, again, really strong teams. What's, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about it possibly having a play-in situation, but what's kind of on the table for next year to kind of even make it big, make this bigger, make this better, make this kind of, you know, broader? Yeah, I, I, you know, a couple of things. I think we definitely want to, start highlighting the talent more. Mm-hmm. We've done a good job of talking about the teams and the, and the communities. And now I think it's time to drill down into like, okay, who are these guys and what's their backstory? You know, we had this Sedu Ba, who's the leading goal scorer in a tournament. He plays for Ivory Coast. And he's got a great story from being back in Moratoria. And, and he has to play for Ivory Coast because they don't have a, a team here. And he played at Holy Family. And, you know, there's a bunch of those stories all over the place. And, and we really don't know a lot about the individual players. And I think that people really want to know, and I right. think these guys want to get recognized. And talking about that, I remember talking to the coaches last year with the union here, Philadelphia Union here, and mm-hmm. you said they they kind of broadened their 
uh, you know, their involvement a little bit and, you know, being at the stadium. And there's a hope amongst some of, some of the players that this could be a chance for them to be seen union with its academy system, mm-hmm. emphasis on local players, getting younger kids, you know, these 14, 15, 16-year-old kids that may play in so many storms or play in these neighborhoods, getting them noticed. Uh, do, you, do you see that as, as something that's realistic? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, we, you know, we have the union here, obviously, and we have Bethlehem Steel up, up the road, yeah. and um, we have a ton of colleges, universities, and you know, we're dealing with early twenties, and right. you know, if you're coming from these communities, and maybe you don't have the means to go to school right away, and then you know, the Holy Family coach comes out, or the LaSalle coach comes, out, I don't know, and they they say, oh my goodness, we got some talent here, maybe right. they, you know, they want to start talking about you know their their aspirations for college or whatever. It would be huge. It was another way of connecting them to the city right. and the communities. So it's going to be a big day. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we have you heard what you think? You know, the, the attendance is going to be people coming out. I mean, what was it last year for the final? This year, like twenty seven hundred. Yeah, in a big stadium, right? On a cold day, right? Um, so as of this afternoon, before I left the office, we had distributed thirty six hundred tickets. Okay. So our first run was five thousand tickets. So so I'm hoping they all go before Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and then we have to give out more at the gate. Right. Um, you know, but I think anywhere between three and four thousand would be would be a great number. And there's um, transportation opportunities too to get. Yeah. So there. we decided to, since it's in Chester and not like yeah. you know on our subway system or anything, we decided to charter some buses from five local rec centers in these communities, as well as Love Park, yeah. to get people down to the game if they need it, so they can pick up a bus at three o'clock at one of the. The rec center is listed on our website and grab their tickets there and head on down. All right. Um, what else can you say about the tournament before we wrap up? I mean, I, I can't do it justice <laughs> through words. Uh, you have to be there. I mean, you were there last year. Yeah. You saw it um, on a 40-degree day in November. You know, the parade of nations, the naturalization ceremony, the passion that goes into it. it I mean, it's incredible. I think you're being generous with that 40 degrees. It felt a lot colder. <laughs> but, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a beautiful day. And if, uh, you know, people listening to this show love the game, love love it in all of its forms, not just MLS, not just Premier League. So uh, people that listen hopefully will take this opportunity to come down there and see right. the game in its grassroots form in and, the city. And everything's free. Yeah, you know, so you can come anywhere between twelve and five when the championship starts. Twelve o'clock is the youth game. We have the third place game and all the other festivities. And parking's free, yeah. admissions free. I mean, if you want concessions, you have to pay for that. But other than that, it's it's really it's a, it seems like a no brainer if you're a big soccer fan. All right, Bill, it's great having you up here again. Uh, Union Cup final this Saturday. Uh, finals at five is going to be here on KOW News Radio. Myself and Ed Banking on the call. But as Bill said, if you want to head down there, it's going to be an all-day event. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you know, it sounds like a great way to spend a Saturday on a beautiful day, on a beautiful uh, early fall day. So uh, if you're listening, uh, head out there. And if you can, please tune tune in. You know, we're on radio.com now uh, on, on the radio.com app. We are on 1060 AM as always. So please, you know, check us out on the call. And if you're at the game, you want to listen on your phone, that'd be cool too. So. Uh, I want to thank Bill once again for coming up. The czar, the man behind, <laughs> the man pulling the strings behind the Unity Cup, as always. And uh, this is great. And I hope to get uh, our partnership with KOW and the Unity Cup continues uh, for, for a long time. Yeah, I love it. All right, great. Thanks, uh, Greg. Thank you. For, thanks, everybody, for listening.